0: Welcome to the podcast. Um, My name is Jeremy, and I'm here with composer Morgan Denny. Morgan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, Jeremy. My pleasure.
0: Uh, Morgan's done some work with the Fort Collins Symphony in the past, but today we are talking about The Raven. So our Spellbound Halloween concert is coming up on October 18th, and we are super excited because we're doing a brand new setting of The Raven um, with the Fort Collins Symphony that Morgan is writing for us. Um, could you give us maybe a brief overview of of the piece? We're going to talk plenty about what to expect um, and what to get really excited about. But if you could just introduce it for us.
1: Sure, the piece itself. Uh, the narrator is reading the poem straight from Poe's uh, plume, feather pen, whatever he used. <laughs> and I... <laughs> In being asked to write music to go to the poem, uh like my first thought was this poem is already very musical and uh it already rhymes and it's kind of square, like it it already uh is kind of sing songy So uh to prepare for this piece, I would say it's a lot less adding music to it than it is I was trying to enhance the musicality that's already in the poem. Uh mm-hmm. and I go through the poem I did not directly score it like a film score but I did break it into nine sections um so it's I would say half scored uh there are parts that I want the music to directly correlate with what's being said more or less uh and I just kind of in the in the music try to enhance the whole story the journey and really it's it's kind of a I consider it a duet between the narrator and the orchestra uh yeah <laughs> It's
0: a- I love that. I love that. So, so it's sometimes it's in time with the music, and sometimes the music is kind of just flowing behind, setting the stage. Music is
1: always flowing behind. Uh, I it's not like the poem is being sung or anything, although that would be interesting. Maybe another project. <laughs> uh, but it's more like I, especially in the beginning, so structurally. I, I follow the poem a lot with the music, and especially in the beginning before the theme of The Raven has arrived, I it's in five in the music because I wanted it to not feel as square or even as the poem itself is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I kind of wrote it as, I, I envision it as like musical fog machine. I wanted just to create yeah. that atmosphere, suspense, uh, the tension uh so that the rhythm is really just driven by the narrator and then as it goes along i have some themes and motives i'm layering that have their own rhythms uh which i think symbolically works for it because this whole poem is about tension and about the narrator wanting to ignore things um mm-hmm. and you know, the raven is there and the memory of lenore are there and those are kind of the two main motives i'm using so those are the only things you will hear that kind of rhythmically fight against the
0: narrator Okay. And by square, you mean it's, it's, it's really predictable. It's a really regular rhythm. Yeah, I
1: don't mean it as in boring, but I mean it yeah. as in, yeah, it's very like A, B, B, whatever the rhyming structure is uh, that we all learned in English class. But there is, yeah, it's a rhyming structure. You can kind of, um, you know, the, the words that rhyme are pretty obvious. You start, you know, there's a lot of repetition and the, the rhythm, he very clearly thought it out very specifically. So I did not want to fight against
0: that. Mhm mhm- and what um like how did you start like what was the very first thing that happened do you do you start with the poem? Do you have some musical ideas before you like start putting them together like what is that process going on up here?
1: Well, uh, knowing that this was a piece in a Halloween concert period, of course, there is some instinct of okay, these are kind of the sounds we're going for these are. The sounds, I can use dissonance. I can use all these fun, eerie things that like outside of any other context, people are like, oh, that sounds really weird. That's strange. <laughs> but when you put it in a horror or a scary or a creepy context, they say, oh, wow, that really helps make it feel creepy. Uh, so, of course, there were those very kind of vague ideas of the here's kind of how I can write scary, suspenseful music. But then from there, it was straight to the poem. I studied the poem for quite a bit before writing anything. Um and to me, the my first impression, especially reading the poem with this goal in mind, of course, it wasn't my first time reading the poem, but uh, is the most important in terms of musical ideas, because when other people hear it, it's going to be their first impression too. And, uh, you know, overthinking it is always a possibility. And I don't like to do that. I want to go with my instinct upon first reading it. But then, of course, I had to uh, you know, I read some more about other interpretations and analyses of it so that I could uh fully try to do it justice <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh
1: and then, from there, I made very rough outlines of where I wanted to break up the text uh like where I wanted to introduce those new motives and where mm-hmm. the themes started to change. And that just kind of, I slowly focused in from there onto the more specific motives and the more specific uh, musical changes throughout with the text. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we gave you a tough assignment because <laughs> if it were any new piece of music is always, you know, listened to a little differently. Um, but one that's based on a well and, and not just a well-known poem, like a poem that we study in middle school like literally everybody has <laughs> has talked about the analysis of the raven so that's okay. uh,
1: tough right i really wanted to do it justice and i'm not you know i'm not a literary expert or an english teacher um but okay. i really did try to do my research i watched the simpson scene that references this poem. i wanted to know everything that's already been done and just kind of take my angle on it but not in an ignorant way
0: yeah, yeah. 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 It's what Treehouse of horror season one or something. It was one of the first Treehouse house <laughs> of horror, I think.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned, uh, motives a couple times. Um, do you have, could you, for, for those that don't know, could you explain what you mean by that? And then, um, and then like, what are some of the motives that you, that you have and, and what did you put into them?
1: Sure. So the concept of a motive in music is just usually a couple bars, a few seconds of something that you will hear in the music that can be repeated and passed along. Bum, 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 bum is a motive, uh, probably the most famous motive. And you hear that used over and over again in the piece. Uh, I don't have anything that obvious, uh, I would say, but <laughs> I did want to... Use so I have one melody that I attribute to Lenore, his lost love that he speaks of in the poem. Mm -hmm. Uh, as the whole poem is about him trying like fighting to remember her and you know, not wanting to believe that he won't see her again. Uh, and so I, I have a motive that kind of represents her that will slowly be distorted and fades away at the end, like with her. Um, that was you know, pretty. Easy choice. It's like that's uh, something I think everybody can grasp onto. And it's, it's, it's probably the most recognizable melody in the piece. Uh, okay. But then in addition to that, to take it very literally, but make it less obvious in the music, I thought it would be fun as kind of an Easter egg thing more uh, to look up recordings of ravens in nature. I found three or four different sounds. Uh, I think four because one is just percussive and then three are like little tunes that ravens sing in nature. And I I did not take them quite literally, but I was like, how can I take this and mold it into this piece and um, kind of layer it when the raven appears just as like little hits of um, this is a raven. And it would it would be fun uh, to kind of inject that musicality there, because that's one of the musical things that is not in the poem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. And birds, birdsong in music is, is nothing new, but right, I, I wouldn't have expected it in this one, but that makes so much sense.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I didn't want it to be completely obvious. It's not like ca, ca, in the middle of the piece.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> could uh, ask for Raven sounds and we would do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well I hope somebody dresses up as a Raven for this concert.
0: But Oh I'm 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 sure.
1: But I wanted to I'm do a chase playing sure. in the gothic Poe way and in a very subtle way, but if you listen for it, it's there.
0: <laughs> oh very cool. So we'll have to listen for it. Now um in the podcast normally we would we would now pause the interview and go and and I would play part of the music for you. But um but this piece hasn't, it doesn't exist yet. It hasn't been performed. So when we do it at the Halloween concert, that'll be the first time it's ever played. And and for you as a composer, this is not new. You deal with this with every piece that you write. Um, yeah. But what is that like like for you when you come to the first rehearsal and, and the orchestras and you're hearing it live for the first time?
1: It is always the most exciting and terrifying experience. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, It is, it's just par for the course where obviously I am doing everything I can to continue my inner ear training that and making sure that what I can imagine, I can successfully write down and communicate to the performers. But there's always going to be something that is, oh, that's not quite how I pictured it. But, you know, that to me is part of the wonder of this art form that I don't have to micromanage everything. I get my ideas out there and then the performers can interpret it. And if I'm lucky, I can maybe tweak things if I really don't like them. But uh yeah. for me it's so much fun it's probably the most fun thing about being composers just i took this thing that was in my head and i'm not even sure if it's going to sound the same when they play it but it's part of the process and it's fun <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i like to describe um when i'm talking to people who aren't as familiar with music as we are i like to describe the written music as like more of a recipe like it's this is how you do it, but everyone's going to do it in a little different way. Everyone's got different pots and pans and everyone's, you know, people may measure flour in a little different way. So it's always it's always fascinating, even for little details that you've been expecting one way, but then the players interpret them in a different way. Players are the conductor.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm definitely not self-important enough to think that all of my were the right ones. There are many times, oh, like. It's like, oh, that's not how I imagine it, but it's better, you know, so, <laughs> the happy mm-hmm. accident. You know, you have to let yourself uh, permit yourself to let that happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited to see how our narrator, um, who's going to be Shane Sheridan. Um, I don't know if you saw him at last year's Halloween concert, but he is fantastic. He, he I think he's formerly one of the ghost tour hosts. So he's very much into, uh, and he'll also be telling ghost stories throughout the concert. So I'm really, really excited also to see how he interprets the poem um, for this performance and just in general, like how he reads as an actor, uh, the Raven.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the timing of the narration is also going to be a very interesting thing because it's something, again, I can't micromanage how uh, how quickly or slowly he reads this, or where he pauses for suspense. So a lot of that is up to him and the orchestra again, kind of maintaining that duet aspect.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a choice you made because other composers mm-hmm. have micromanaged that rhythm, but you you decided to let him be be more him.
1: Correct. Yeah, I, it was tempting. I won't lie; it was tempting to micromanage it, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just adding another layer of suspense
0: to the piece Mm, yeah yes spontaneity of the performance (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so exciting um what is what was kind of the hardest part of approaching this or maybe what what was more difficult than you thought it would be it's always it's always weird going into a new piece
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Apart from the rhythmic aspect, I would say there are definitely places that my gut as a composer says, uh, this is where the climax should be, this is where the pacing should happen, um, etc. And uh, again, I'm really kind of, in a way, chained to the pacing and the structure of the original text. Uh, so it was a challenge in a fun way to try to follow Poe's contour and not mine. Uh, and between, yeah, the rhythmic thing and the, the timing with the narrative part. And I would say even just knowing that the context for this was for a fun pops Halloween concert and reading this poem. It is scary and it is creepy, but it's just as much sad and tragic uh, kind of walking that line between, you know, how can I kind of enhance this in an entertainment way, but also stay true to the literary value. That was one of my biggest challenges. I'm really trying to walk the line in this piece between creepy, suspenseful, spooky, and like, but he's talking about this person he loved that died. And is never coming back, and that is heavy, <laughs> yeah, um, so just kind of yeah treating that gracefully and with class and with respect to the original poem uh was the biggest challenge, but in in a very fun and gratifying way,,
0: mm-hmm. I just realized I've got a poe poster in the other room, I should have brought it and put it on the piano <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> for a little bit of background, um. Nice. One thing that could show up in spooky music uh, that's being written today is uh, like extended techniques or any anything in the orchestra that's beyond what they what the players would normally do with their instrument to make different sounds. Did you include any extended techniques? And if you did, could you describe them to us? Like, what's the sound and how do they do it?
1: I do have a couple things. I i my my best most original idea for this piece, I would say was I love the creepy percussive sound strings can make when they are very weighted and slow with their bow pulling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I have a I have several spots in there where it just says slow, crunchy bowing because it will literally yeah. make a sound. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. That this is perfect to use that effect. I mean <laughs> That's been something I've been wanting to write into a piece for a while uh, as a fellow string player. It's like, this is fun to just make ugly sounds uh, that you're normally trained not to make, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Apart from that, I am also very, uh, I I love writing spatial music. And I did incorporate a small spatial aspect in this. For those who are unfamiliar, the concept of spatial music is pretty self-explanatory. You take the stage that would normally have all the performers and expand that a little bit and put some performers in other places around the concert hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, especially for this piece too, that would be very fun. It occurred to me uh, in that stage where I was kind of outlining it and building the structure and the cues with the narration that besides the sounds of the raven, a very obvious musical choice here uh, applies to him talking about someone tapping at the chamber door. And mm-hmm. like, that's very obvious musical choice I was able to know, But I'm like, what? I don't, you know, you know, I could have somebody just like hold up a door and knock on it if I wanted to be <laughs> really. <laughs> but uh, what would be more fun is if I make this whole audience feel like they are inside the narrator's chamber with tapping. And we don't know what the tapping is. I mean, we know what the tapping is because he kind of spoiled it in the title of the poem. But it's that suspense. What What is that loud tapping at my chamber door? I have placed three percussionists around everyone behind in the auditorium uh, to kind of give you that 360 degree uh, tense feeling that uh, I hope is effective. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, so we'll have them like up in the up in the catwalk, I think, like above oh, really? the audience. Fantastic. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm not a part. I'm not a part of the of like the detailed conversation, but I assume that's where we put them, like where the spotlights go.
1: That makes sense too, because the Raven would surely. I mean, he was perched above the chamber door, right? So he's above mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, regardless, I I am, I am just a big fan of that element of surprise. I love surprising audiences and. um I think that would that just makes it a lot more immersive. Um maybe it'll make some people jump. Oh, like what's that tapping behind me?
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Morgan, is there anything else you want to share about the Raven um or any other projects you're working on?
1: Any other projects? Um <laughs> I I don't think so. I'm really looking forward to this fun concert. I do a lot of serious uh, music publishing, engraving stuff, and this is going to be a fun change of pace to, to come do the monster mash or uh, thing, <laughs> dress up to go to the symphony concert.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for for writing the Raven for us. I'm I'm so 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 excited for it. This yeah. Halloween concert is is my favorite concert of each year. um so uh, yeah we'll see you in a couple weeks thanks so much for listening and thank you for joining us
1: looking forward to it